Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens in between. And we try to keep it life. We do. Your yeah. intestines tried to kill you, and so you were out of commission for a while. Yes. And you thought you were getting better, but then you weren't. I got out of the hospital after a lot of IV antibiotics, and I felt better, and I thought I was on the mend, and I came home and I started oral antibiotics. Which are never pleasant in your system, but these were heavy-duty ones, so they were heavy-duty unpleasant. They were, and I started to feel worse and worse, and called the doctor about stopping them, which is what I had to do last time I had antibiotics, yes. such as these for the same reason, like two years ago. Right. And so I stopped the antibiotics at that point, and I didn't get better. I had already, I guess, gotten too far down that road. Well, you also had another problem that you've had previously, the fact that for diverticulitis, you have to have a low-fiber diet. It makes other problems. It does. And we had an entire episode about those problems way back in like the 20s. And that was because everything was very acidic. And so everything was going through me like acid. Come to find out after getting to the proctologist again, and uh, grandma had to drive me there and bring my aunt. So that was very entertaining. <laughs> oh my god, they, they were funny. Grandma will say, do you want us to do that for you? And then she'll say to my aunt, go do that for him. <laughs> and uh, that's how she, she keeps my aunt busy. And your aunt is still rather record skippy. She's not yeah. as dementified as she was before they fixed her epilepsy meds. We don't know why she's still record skippy, but she was also skipping around the house saying, Auntie is here, Auntie is here, to the dog and to the cosmos. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like feeling like I'm dying. And I'm thinking, Grandma's bringing my aunt with? Oh, boy. <laughs> but, but it worked out fine. Yeah. Sometimes she's like that, and then she'll get in the car, and she's just quiet. So they took me to the doctor. They did. He said, well, basically gave me the whole eat more fiber, take fiber pills, and you're going to be fine. And I'm going to send you for a, a lab test because we'll check for C. diff, but I don't think you have that. And meanwhile, you can't even sit or lay down right because you have a hemorrhoid the size of your thumb. Not only can I not be comfortable in most any position, but... I can't be comfortable because I'm very toxic. So he says, you know, we're going to get lab work. I don't think you have C. diff. And I said, well, my sister has had it. And I have bad reactions to antibiotics and I'm very concerned. And he said, okay. So he sent me to the lab. That lab test took a week to come back. In the meantime, I took the best probiotics I could get my hands on, which are from the kinesiologist. Uh -huh. My boss brought them to me because she's... Uh, she lives nearby and yes. is a friend of the family. She had some at her house and she brought them over and I just pumped those things into me. You did. And the doctor's like, well, everything's going through you. Take half an emodium. Okay, usually people take two, but he only wanted me to take half because I have this big problem in my gut that needs to be cut out. So we don't want to overdo that problem. Right. And then sit in the soak in the bathtub every couple of hours. Okay. The bathtub was like my second, if not primary environment. <laughs> you were okay. in the bathtub I was living in the bathtub. I wasn't even able to go get the stuff to do the lab test until two days later because I was so sick and I wasn't thinking on the way home. I was in pain because he tortured me um, physically, maneuvered things that I didn't feel were necessary. But then they started to get better, so... Well, I think they started to get better because the emodium stopped the acid flow. Uh-huh. 
And the probiotics changed the acid lava to something that was less toxic. Okay. That's what I think. But I did take some some enzymes that my mom had on hand in the meantime, because I was willing to take anything and try anything at this point. Kind of adding in there that my mother is now at that point where she remembers how to be helpful. She remembers things that she used to do that (laughs) she would tell you when you're in trouble Mm -hmm. and say, oh, what you need to do is look up alkaline-based foods and and get those in your system. So we did this whole thing. And I was down for the count. I was supposed to go back to work. It was two and a half weeks I had been off and I was supposed to go back and I couldn't. No, you could barely leave the bed sometimes. Unless I was going to the bathtub. Yes. So in the meantime... The test did come back. The te- test came back positive for C. diff. But and so it was good that you had already started tons yeah, of probiotics right. and changing your diet to reestablish your gut microbiome. So what I understand so far from what I've been able to look up and study about the C. diff test, it came back positive for C. diff, but not positive for C. diff toxins. And the toxins are what cause the actual toxicity. So now I don't know, does that make me... You know, and I have to ask several different doctors mm-hmm. in order to, to get what I feel would be a more rounded opinion of what's happening. And and I think that's what I'll ask the proctologist and my primary doctor is, what is your opinion or what is your view on what this means? Because whatever they say is not the end all of anything. Right. Because they know as much as they've decided to learn. Right. Um, and ask the kinesiologist, which will give me the whole other side of the view. You know, it's sort of like getting the Republican view, not the current one, the old kind that we had that was almost not so bad. Well, it was bad, but it wasn't this. The, the one that we could reasonably disagree with, right. not the one that's just batshit bizarro world. Right. And then the very liberal tree hugger version. And then you kind of figure out something in the middle. Right. So I need to talk to both of them about that because I'm not that scientist. And so my basic understanding of that would say, my questions are, is a person who tests positive for C. diff in their system, but not the toxicity, because apparently some people can live with that. And there is more positive C. diff tests now than there used to be five, 10 years ago okay. in, in, in the studies I could find online. Does that make me more susceptible to the C. diff? Mm-hmm. Can you keep the fucking oral antibiotics away from me? <laughs> and what are the other options? If if somebody decides I need antibiotics, what are the other options for getting them in my system? If I keep these probiotics handy and know when to start using them, will I be able to ward this off? Mm-hmm. Because I, I felt like I was dying. And at some point I thought, you know, that'll just be fine now because <laughs> I am really... You were done. I'm not okay with this. And you feel this urge to say, no, I need to stay and do these things and take care of these people. And then I was like, you know what? You guys are on your own now, man. I'm obviously not any good right now anyway. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm going to have to just let this go because I don't feel like I care, you know? Yeah. I told you you weren't allowed to die, but. And I knew that, but I knew it wasn't my choice. Yeah. And it's not my choice. No. And so. But you did choose to take the probiotics and to change your diet, and you've lost 20 pounds. I have. I lost 20 pounds in three weeks. You did. 
because there was no food, then there was a little bit of food, and then there was no food again, and then there was really no food, and then the food went through me. So the food did me no good Right. all during that time. And I, I am no longer losing weight. Correct. So that is good. During all of this, you're staying home and kids are here and there are still all these responsibilities that I am totally failing to keep up with on your behalf. Well, you're trying to do both of our responsibilities, and both of us tend to take on a lot of responsibility. Number zero has been a huge help. Think the universe or whatever, whatever we want to think. Thank your pick child your own. zero. Thank child zero for being yes. here, because this has been a, a real, real big help for, for everybody. Right. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Sanity-wise and task-wise. Yes. Responsibility-wise. All of it. But as you've started to feel better, you have started getting into some of your responsibilities and you have also started to get into solving some problems that you've sort of been ignoring for a while because you couldn't do anything about them. But then one day you just decided that you were going to tromp yourself right into child number three's room and just throw everything out because she is a sneaky, stinky little brat. She's in the biggest slob I ever saw that was allowed inside my house. <laughs> okay. She's she's got a little bit of the hoardiness. Yeah, she does, and it's really nasty because I, I told her, I said, I don't have a problem with that there's candy wrappers, but they need to be thrown away. I understand kids are gonna get into candy even when they're not supposed to. We're not gonna shame her for the candy. I am but totally we not have gonna no problem with and here's the other thing, you know, I mean, there's a difference between shame and embarrassment. I think she should feel a little bit of appropriate embarrassment about leaving that big of a mess. The mess, yes, and that's what I was trying to tell her, and then I was still sick enough at that point that you were like, Okay, child number three, go clean more of your room. Well, I felt better one day and I went in there to open the window because I'd open child number two's window and let their rooms air out. And I went in her, her room to open the window and I was like, holy crap, it smells like a, a locker room in here, like a teenage boy locker room. It's like nastier than either of the boys' rooms put together. What the F is in here? Must. Right. Lots oh must. So I opened that window and, and I thought, okay, I've got to get this door all the way open. And I can't get the door all the, all the way open because this bookshelf is in the way. But I can't move the bookshelf because it is crammed full of stuff like sideways. Not like a bookshelf, but sideways. Some books and a lot of trash. Yes. Because of the hoardy thing. Yes. And she is an artist and she does these child engineering projects. She builds things. She crafts things. That's totally fine. And so she likes designs on things that she sees and she thinks, oh, I'm going to put that on something. But then she gets tons and tons of them from wrappers and from bits of colored paper that she liked the color of or from, and it just becomes too much. Yeah. Like you'd be up to your knees in it. And on top of that, yeah, we have a dog who chews the crotch of clothes. Yes, and he would eat some socks and he really likes crayons. Okay, there were so many broken crayons. There were so many open markers. There were so many pens in various states of use and misuse. Mm -hmm. There were so many wrappers of food things. And there's a little girl who doesn't want to give up her clothes after a dog has chewed them and so she'll tuck she, them other she places. She doesn't want you to know that that happened. She doesn't want you to know that she forgot to put it in the hamper and the dog got a hold of it. Because she knows that that was irresponsible of her to not put her clothes where they belong but so they won't get ruined. But instead of sneaking them to the trash can... <laughs> well, you could do that with the candy wrappers too, which is what I was trying to uh -huh. say. They need to go in the trash. Right. 
So I just got in there and I thought, I've got to move the bookshelf. So I'd dump everything off of it. Mm-hmm. Just like pull everything off of it onto the floor so I could pull it over so I could get the door all the way open. And then I, Child Zero was downstairs and I said, hey, can you bring me a couple of trash bags? Mm-hmm. So Child Zero comes tromping up with a couple of big kitchen trash bags for me, which I did specifically say large ones. Yep. And looks in the room and says, holy crap, what is that? <laughs> I said, I never look in here because of this. And and Child Zero says, me neither. Whoa. Yeah. Here you go. (laughs) And hands me the bag. So I spent, and I'm pretty fast at this. Uh-huh. I'm like, and even though I'm sick, which I don't move as fast right now, I'm still faster than I, I'd say anybody else in this house, but that wouldn't really say that much. That would be like you saying, you're faster than me at fixing the internet. Yes, by about 10 days, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, so It's your natural skill set. My natural skill set is organizing. So that's what I decided. I thought, okay, the books will go on the shelf in the way that books are intended to go on shelves as far as my understanding. Mm-hmm. And other things will not. And a lot of these things will go away, which they did. Six bags, kitchen size, of trash later including one bag of recyclable. Yeah. Because a lot of it's not because it's got stuff on it. Like there was a shirt stuck to a... Like a card or a book or a... It was a shirt stuck to a book that was like a little journal book, but there Uh was nothing in the book. Stuck to it was with some kind of like putty. Uh Uh-huh. And there was no separating those things. Which means that the book got tossed in and the putty probably got dropped and the shirt got tossed into some bag or basket or on the floor or... It was tossed. got stepped on. Yes. And so it gets thrown away because that is not a reasonable problem-solving method and there's no unsticking... Well, then there was no undoing a lot of things. And so, like, there was a bag next to the bed that supposedly was the cleaning that was happening. And I pulled it out of there. I thought, I've got to find whatever the stank is and get it out of here. Because this is not okay. Like, this is like the room gets closed down and you got to come in with your hazmat suit soon. (laughs) If we don't find whatever that is that's growing in here. So I pull that bag out and it's full of like books and pieces of toys and again, crayons and markers and And all of the things things that you would think that a kid who likes to recycle and upcycle things would keep, except they were all jumbled together with library books and discarded clothes and and sticky candy wrappers and lots of dishes and water bottles and lunch containers that never made it to the kitchen, but they were all closed. So those were the stink. Little shit. So I'm cleaning and I'm thinking, Norm, I'm I'm sorting some things as I'm going. Mm-hmm. The books for sure. And I'm sorting like some pieces of Legos and stuff. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm throwing all this shit out. Don't sort. If she cannot sort for herself, that's what I. You, it just needs to be done. I realized. I thought, I used to do this and I'm not doing it anymore. No. So my solution was, if you didn't take care of it and it's on your floor, I guess you don't care enough about it. It's it's trash. And this is what we've done with number one and number two for a long time. When I was still cleaning up after number one, if I had to clean his room, anything I cleaned became mine and I would either put it away for later use or put it in the dumpster. So that's that's what I did. And there were there's all these kits because because she's a crafty person. Oh yeah. Uh, when grandma or auntie or somebody buys her a present or even her friends, um, they often buy like a crafting kit, like a bead thing or a chocolate pen. 
or a twirly painty thing. And there's always glitter because grandma will buy glitter and auntie will buy glitter and you'll buy glitter and the child will buy glitter. And so there's glitter and glue and- And more glitter and more glue and more glitter. (laughs) Yes. All mixed together. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, F the chocolate pen, man. That's uh-huh. never never going to be seen again. Nope. Painty, twirly, whatever, gone. Right? Whatever it is. If she doesn't care enough it about it to take good care of it, if then the it needs to be- If the pieces and the sticky things are all over the room, yes, exactly that. Yes. So all of it went away. I didn't expect a thank you or anything like that. I thought you might make her say thank you. And I thought she, she doesn't mean that. She means stay the F out of my room, you mother effers. <laughs> but- I think she meant about 10% thank you for not making me spend four hours doing it. That would have took 90%. her. 90%. Okay, me fixing the internet 10 days, that child cleaning their room nonstop at least 10 days. Okay. Maybe a month. Yeah, I think I think her thank you was about 10% thank you for not making me do all of that work. And about 10 more percent thank you for not hounding me about a problem that I was not bothered by. And the other 80% was, oh, for fuck's sake, I'm just doing this because I'm supposed to. Yeah, I got a little more of the, oh, I'm so glad that I don't have to clean my room anymore. Maybe even 20%. I don't know. Okay. Till she started wondering where some things were. Too damn bad. And I said, I don't know. Nope. I'm thinking, I don't know where they are exactly in which trash bag in the trash bin. <laughs> but that's not it's what true. I'm going to say. It's true. Because I'm not trying to rub it in. I am just said, look, your room smells and I've got to figure out what's in there. And you can't live in that amount of trash. It's not healthy. And so I have to take care of it. And so on Saturday then, it still smelled even after all that cleanup. Yeah. And so you go in with the baking soda, which is what I used to clean my crummy little divorce apartment that smelled like what I affectionately term as ghetto must. My apartment in the very low rent neighborhood that has had numerous tenants before me with numerous substances smelling up the carpet and the walls and the everything else and with too many things on their hands to keep up with deep cleaning a tiny little apartment. And most of the time when you're living in the small apartment, which I recall, clearly, you don't have the carpet cleaner. No, no, that's a luxury. And so that's what I did to clean my tiny little divorce apartment that smelled was baking soda in the carpet and then vacuum four or five times. I washed the walls with baking soda. I sprinkled it everywhere and we removed the bedding and sprinkled it on the bed cover, you know, the mattress cover. But here's the thing, like in Chicago... We didn't have that as much because, I mean, you'd have mold problems because it's damp, but most of the apartments that had wood floors and you had to put your own carpet. Right. So there was less of that carpet stuff Yeah. and more of the wall and window stuff. But anyhow, we tried that and then then you went in there and vacuumed. I did after we let the odor absorbing baking soda sit for three or four hours. I went in and vacuumed and it was better, but it still smelled. And I said, I know this child, and I know that she is a hoarder, and I know that she is a sneaky little shit. Mm -hmm. And so you didn't go through any of her clothes. No. I threw out a lot of hangers that were broken or all over the place, but I put the shoes in the shoe bin, and I put clothes in the hamper, and I did not take the hamper out because I thought the hamper has been, you know, fairly recently emptied and washed. Apparently, I was wrong. She had done her laundry the previous weekend and it was probably about half full before you started and by the time you were done with her room it was close to full but not quite 
but it, apparently she's never been getting down to the bottom of the laundry basket or the laundry bin because what you found was from over a month ago. It wasn't in there. It was with um, when you had put her swimsuits in the closet oh, on the side. Oh, okay. The swimsuits. Yes. Right. You had found swimsuits in a couple different places. On I had the floor. found them in, in bags and stuff around the room. Uh-huh. In and like little backpacks that she had taken them to swim parties with or her brother's birthday party. Grocery bags. Yeah. Those um, other bags that you carry groceries in. Mm-hmm. She hadn't rinsed it out. No. It was moldy and it smelled of um, decomposing rubber, the way that rubber and chlorine, it has that chemical smell combined right. with the mildew smell. Well, And it was hiding in the corner of her closet as I'm going through all of her clothes thinking, what is she hiding in here? And then I finally found it when I put all of these things into her closet. And then also, she had not washed the bag of her laundry hamper in quite a long time because that bag smelled too. Right. See, number two is trained to wash the laundry bag, just throw it in with the laundry. Well, number two also has significantly smellier laundry and needs to do that on a more regular basis. Which I stay on top of. So I am constantly in his room checking everything. She had been more self-sufficient with that. She folds... And We're shaking our she heads, quit. no. Yeah, no, she, she wasn't self-sufficient. She gave the illusion of it, which is why we found so many things in the wrong places. Right. And I had inadvertently exposed the mildewy, nasty thing to more air, you know, further smelling up the room by moving those swimsuits and not realizing one of them was bad. Yeah, it would have been hard to tell that that was the thing the smell was coming from when the whole room smelled like that, though. Yeah, it smelled like a locker room that, that really needed um, decontamination. So, yeah. So uh, mm. at this point, there is a lot less stuff for her to make a mess out of. And before she left Friday morning, because she was going to her dad's Friday night, yeah, uh, there was a little bit, a little bin of stuff on the floor that she had taken everything out of that I'd put in. And I said to her, hey, you need to take that off the floor, remember? Because I told you, if it's on the floor, I'm going to figure that you, you don't need it. And she picked it right up. Good. So I'm going to do probably do that for as long as I can be, until I have surgery. Just look in her room like I do his, because I won't be as scared to go in now that all the trash is removed. I mean, that was like... A a micro environment in our house that was a, a science project I didn't know about. There's nothing in our house that was that's like that. Don't call it a science project. That's what her dad called it when he chose not to clean his apartment for months on end and CPS got involved. I'll only call it to, that to you. Okay. Yeah, because I did say to you, this is like what they remove kids out of. The fact that it's only in her room, we can right. so- solve the problem. Yeah, no. But but I've been sick for five weeks. So you have, and I, that's no good. I had not looked in any in anywhere, except I do look in the boys' room to say to him, no, no, that needs to go in the laundry now, or no, no, we need to take that laundry down now, or... Or no, no, your bed is really wet, honest, you need to change your bedding. And then, he, and then he does it, because I'm standing right there, and he, he needs the interaction. He does, but he'll still try and argue with you about it. And that was one of the other things that you told me the other day. You were like, what was he What was he fussing about? What was he arguing about? Because Until like, he got up there with, with you face to face, he was trying to argue with you downstairs saying, no, it wasn't, not when I got up. And I was trying to think of what wasn't he arguing about was easier than what was he arguing about? Because he was arguing with me that he hadn't been arguing and he wanted examples. <laughs> I said, I will think of the examples and tell you them because I felt that he needed some of that feedback. Well, Even I, though thought it was, I thought it was terribly clever that when you said you're fussing, he says, no, I'm not. I'm arguing. <laughs> and I said, arguing is a type of fussing. Uh, and then he didn't say anything. Uh-huh. 
He has been very argumentative lately and, and very fussy lately. Yes, it's like I, he wants to wear a tank top. And I say no, and then he has a like a, a total meltdown. And see, here's the thing about tank tops. I'm sure there are some kids that wear tank tops to school, and there are some kids who look perfectly acceptable wearing tank tops. But not to body shame this child, he is going to get made fun of if he wears the tank tops that fit him because they don't fit around him unless they are a size two or three larger than his, you know, age associated size, which means that the armholes hang halfway down to his waist and everybody can see his chubby little man boobs. Right. And he doesn't like that, but he's not thinking about that because he's just facing forward when he's looking in the mirror. Uh Uh-huh. And we don't want to shame him. So we're not like, hey watch out for your man boobs. Although, do you remember last year when he came back from like being at his mom's or something and he says to me, these, you can do these exercise and get rid of your, I don't know if he called them man boobs, but something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very funny. Mm, that's funny. That, that is funny. I don't know what he was watching. I don't remember either, but yeah, that's... So he's aware of that, and he doesn't like to go without a shirt a lot because of that. Although lately, you know... He's, he's doing better, especially since he started losing more weight after coming back from... He hasn't lost weight, but he's gotten taller to match his weight. He is he is getting taller and not continuing to put the weight on wrongly. Because Correct. I am not letting him have... All the all junk food the that junk, his mother would let him have. All, and I, and I have, him le- have even less than he was... I would usually let him have. I'm like, no, man, you're going to eat healthy like me. But then I'll fuss about that too. There's nothing he's not going to fuss about. So I don't care. Good. You're still going to do it my way. Good. As I always say to the kids, you could do it my way or you could wish you did it my way. And that's about it. Yeah, that's, that's about right. But lately he has been extra fussy. And I think like, I don't know if there's a way to solve that problem, but... I started to because I said to him, look, you want to play the Xbox and I am tired of your fussing, arguing and complaining. So you don't complain about anything. You just do what I say. And then you can earn your Xbox time on the days that you can have it, which are the days and I list the days he can have it. And he did that for that week. And then he didn't, which is typical of him. He does manage it at first and then decide to make sure that he really needs to manage it. But anyhow, as I said to our teacher friend yesterday, because she was taking him for an overnight and the pool was open by her building. And so that was good. We are working on less complaining. We're working on not complaining about things and finding the positive outlook. Mm-hmm. And she understood that translation of mine, which was he's fucking complaining a lot and we need to make him stop. And I think it's good that we have that ability to maintain our composure in the situation when we are with the child, but still have that moment of release after they leave or looking at each other or looking at number zero and just like expressing either the utter outrage or annoyance or bizarreness at how ridiculous the kid's complaint is. Oh my gosh, how dare you text my friend's mom instead of call her. Now we'll have to wait for them to respond. Yeah, total meltdown. Total meltdown. But you're talking about our feelings and that's what's important. As a parent- Clarify, that sounds funny. Our feelings are what's important because we're parents. No, that's what's important about the topic at hand here is that we express our feelings appropriate in front of the kids, but we still allow our overwhelming feelings to be expressed away from the kids. Yes. And, And there's so much, as we said at the beginning, the help of zero child, there's so much validation that comes from having another adult person in the house. 
who's seeing what's going on and then looking at you like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Which is exactly what we're thinking at the moment too. But but we're also kind of used to it and we know it's wrong, but we're like, okay, there's that thing again. How do we squash it without being like insane parent? Yes. Um, and so there's this weird balance between having a boiled frog and having some still connection to reality with, oh my gosh, I am totally living in Bizarro World. And we have our, you know, we each have our methods. One of the things that certainly makes Zero Child laugh the most is when there's no child downstairs, they have gone upstairs. Or they have left the room. Yes. And we flip them off after they've gone. We we, we don't just flip them off. We do like a whole flip off dance. <laughs> Think of Mr. Bean in the car waving with the middle finger. Yes, that's us. Yes. We do an interpretive dance that involves flipping off. Yes. <laughs> um. Sometimes we mutter, like Zero Child has a different schedule for work than the kids do for school. Right. I think he's quite happy about that, but we'll come out in the morning while I'm homesick uh-huh. now, and I've been home all these weeks, and I will be in the kitchen muttering. But because Zero Child's an adult and can understand the muttering, they start <laughs> laughing. <laughs> because I'll be talking to myself, and I'll be saying, why would you do this? Or, asshole. <laughs> Or something, you know, like... Goddamn motherfucking pancakes. <laughs> yeah. Goddamn motherfucking socks. <laughs> yeah. I'll be muttering about things, you know, and it's yes. it's a type of things like you wouldn't put your socks in the fridge, but it probably would happen here. It totally um, would. That, that stuff. So, so that laughter and humor, because you and I try to have humor, and, and I know that the hardest thing for me is I'll have patience, and I'll have some more patience, and you're looking at me like, wow, you're still using some patience. And then, But when my patience is gone, man- There is no taper down. I don't there taper. There is a cliff. <laughs> it's gone, and now I am about to become volcanic. And sometimes if you look controllably volcanic, I'll let you because the kids need to see that you're frustrated about their poor choices. And occasionally I have told you, go take a walk. Yeah, or I'll start and, and then I'll say, okay, I'm going away. And I'll say, you got this, right? Uh-huh. Because you know. Uh-huh. And that's like the time, which I'm sure was in an old podcast, at the other house where we had moved in. And, and I had taken a little lawn chair and gone out in front of the house and in front of the garage. And number two child was looking for me. And you said, dad needed to go in a timeout. So he, he put himself in a timeout. Yes. <laughs> I so did. You did. Because I know, you. what did the guy, the British guy say last night? We don't have the same skill set as our parents because no. the laws have changed. Right. Which is a good thing. Yes, it is. But, but that means that I need a timeout at that point. Yes, you do. Because I don't feel reasonable and that unreasonableness feels uncomfortable and I would rather go calm down and then say, here's the 50 reasons that that thing you did was wrong. Well, and here's the thing that I'm thinking of after going back and listening to a bunch of our old episodes to try and find the appropriate clips for your fourth anniversary retrospective is that before transition and before hormones, there was no tapering, but there was also significantly less patience and significantly more overwhelmed by all of these bizarro world coping emotions. That was estrogen toxicity. Uh, yeah. It's really terrible. It is. I've had some of it on a monthly basis myself. I'm, I'm shaking my head really far up and down. That's slowly. called nodding. 
Yes. Nodding. Yes. Yes. I know. Mixture of wordy things. Yes. And lately it hasn't been a monthly basis. It's been a bi-weekly basis and I need to go to the doctor. I've got my appointment scheduled for the end of June. Ooh, you scheduled it. I did. Whoa. (laughs) I know, right? That's so great. Uh Uh-huh. I've been trying to get you to do this for two or three years. You have. I have. (laughs) But I figured after your intestines nearly tried to kill you, it was time for me to go back to the doctor too. Yes, please. Okay. But isn't it nice not to have all those awful estrogen emotions and like just be able to think, which is where I live most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I know it works the other way for people transferring the other, uh, to the other side. Yes. They and feel relief in... In, in being in, able to feel their emotions. Yeah, but folks yeah. like you and I are like, oh my God, these emotions, what the hell? Just go away. <laughs> this is in the way of my thinking and I need to think because it's like pressure <laughs> of need to think. I understand. It's not that I don't just don't like the emotions or just don't want them there. I find them cumbersome and not letting me get to the thing I want to figure out. Mm -hmm. I understand that I'm frustrated, but could it be practically frustrated so I could think now? And that's that's where the reduction of estrogen and, and such has been helpful. It's good. In many ways. Very good. One of the many ways. Yes. So, so I think we're good now. Is unless there's anything else you'd like to add to that or recap from that? Uh, no, we can talk more next time. So I think that's it. That's it. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail dot com, or by commenting at our website transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time, we are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. Because you have a hemorrhoid the size of your thumb. I didn't want to talk about hemorrhoids again. I I thought people could just go back and read what what was going on in the 20s. they, they, They won't. I know. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.